Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the final installment of the Guinness Six Nations 2023 with your co-host David Flatman and your other co-host Tom Shanklin. Hi. You just call it the McGuinness. Six the, Nations. The Guinness. Guinness. I thought you said, thought you I, said the McGuinness. I've got uh, Invisalign's in, mate. It's, <sighs> it's difficult. It's difficult to speak. How are they working out, fella? I don't know. I'm going to go to Pets at Home next week and get an update. <laughs> get, a little, get a little chew pole, are you? Like a scratch pole. You're going to get little chew dentist sticks. I'm going to get myself down B&Q, get a hammer. Mate. And a little knock. Knock them into shape. Um, you can hardly notice them until you tell everyone because you tell everyone then you can see them then yeah but it's like it's like when Hoggy had his hair done yeah you know you you, you just got to tell people otherwise they just stare at you thinking in the back of their mind they're going mate you've got something in your mouth you're still wearing gum shields yeah yeah so. but he looks better you're going to look better oh mate I'm going to look a million dollars hopefully your self-confidence improves a bit yeah because you know I lack a little bit because <laughs> you've always struggled haven't you yeah yeah, um, I'm not in a very charitable mood today, Tom. I'm afraid. I don't want anything from you, mate. I'm just. Do you know what, mate? I'm not. I'm just not feeling accommodating today. I two things have happened. One of them annoyed me disproportionately. Ranny Poo, and nah, uh, they're the best. They're the best. Um, like doing two wees. Um, two things about one of them is I was on my little bike, my bicycle. You know, I've got an electric Brompton that I was around town on. Yeah. Say whiz. I had my feet done. You know, since you took the piss out of me five years ago, my feet have been immaculate. And I had my feet done uh, with Monica down the road. Monica with a K. And um, they're beautiful. And I was just cycling back up the hill to do this. And um, Do you still call it cycling even though it's electric? Yeah, you still have to turn your legs over. Like to start it off and then it goes... No, it just no. It basically what it basically does is I don't know the exact ratios, but it doubles your power. So you, yeah, it's half the effort it otherwise would be. Why don't you just cycle? Basically, mate? burn more calories. Because it's cool. All right. Why don't you walk to work, you lazy prick? Because it's miles away. Yeah, but set off at four in the morning, burn more calories. It's exactly the same argument. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not. But I can do more. I can do more because I had time to have a bit of toast before we did our pod. So, yep. see what I mean? So, um, and I was just, there's a, 
there's a new law that I think it's nationwide, but a, mate, a friend of mine told me, he said, this is incredibly boring information, but a new law has just been passed. I don't know if it's in Bath or nationwide or whatever, but when you go to turn into a street on your vehicle, in your vehicle, and there is someone waiting to cross the pavement, the pedestrian now takes priority. Mm. So you know when you're turning up your street and there's someone waits on the corner for you, if they are about to set off, they you have to wait for them now. So the rules changed a little bit. It might be in Bath. Don't think it is. Don't think it is, mate. I watch. Well, I follow Jeremy Vine on oh, Twitter, yeah. and he's always yeah. posting stuff like this. But it so if you're on a bicycle, pedestrians take uh, priority, which yep. is fine. So I'm about to turn in, and I say to this lady, "After you," and she's like, "Oh yeah." She goes. She's halfway across the road. I'm on a tiny little bike, and I just set off doing two and a half miles an hour around the back of her and she says oh oh like that and I've seen this woman before like <laughs> this is why I wouldn't normally say this if she had certain difficulties and challenges I'd be gentle but I've seen this lady before and had like passing conversations with her at the greengrocers or whatever and this lady's a local lady and she's just outraged that I've ridden my bike <laughs> up the street before and I just said it's a bloody bike as I went past under my breath she wouldn't have heard it I reckon I was 12 feet from her by the time I passed her and she's just like this is a person looking to be outraged and I remembered when I got into the house I was like I hope I don't end up like that when I'm old I blatantly will I remember her so I take my dog down to the green at the bottom of my road for a poo it's seven in the morning it's raining I remember this because you and I you might not remember once had a chat and you were like, I couldn't be asked taking my dog out in the rain every morning. I said, oh, mate, it never rains. It's hardly ever raining, mate, at seven in the morning. And you're like, oh, I wouldn't be, would it? Because it's you and your dog. The sun's always out, is it? Or something like that, you said. So whenever I walk out and it's raining, I think Shanks was right. So I'm down there. I've got a poo bag already unwrapped. My hand is inside the poo bag, ready to pick up Badger's landmine on the floor. Do you catch it before it goes on the grass? No, okay. no, I let him go, mate. Yeah. I let him relax. Um, and I look, turn around, and this woman is standing on the pavement with her umbrella up at seven or quarter past seven in the morning. It's quite dark. And I remember it clearly under her umbrella. And she is just staring at me absolutely unapologetically checking that I pick up my dog's poo. Mm. So I actually said, I picked it up. I said, are you okay? Yes. And just started walking. I was like, oh my God. Then I remembered, right? Coming up, I live on the you know on the street, right? Like a lot of people do. Mm. And if we all walk past and look in people's windows, and we walk past from you, the street, right? And I got up once, and there's this bloke who he looks. I got there, and he was leaning over the railings in front, hands on the railings, looking into my house. When I got back in the morning with the dog, I'm only out for five minutes. I said, "Are you all right?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Do you want to come in and have a closer look, mate?" Like he's literally staring, and he he walked past this morning. And it's her husband, mm. right? He walks past and he properly stares into the room. Like, I don't give a, I don't give a toss if people walk past and you catch their eye or it's just passers-by in the street. But it's normal. But he stops and literally stares in. And this morning, I thought, oh, piss off, mate. Stop looking in my house. But I was in my underpants, lucky him. But it's his wife. These people are mad. So that annoyed me. And the other thing, Tom, I'll mm. let you speak in a minute. No, I'm... Quite hasn't happy. annoyed me at all. I'm just a little bit nauseous that everyone has gone all these are rugby values about Andy Farrell hugging Owen Farrell after the game. <laughs> I've seen it 20,000 times. It's like, mate, we know they're father and son. They're great blokes. They're this is rugby what I legends. love about rugby. This is rugby. This is rugby. All right, what about the forearms in the jaw? Yeah. What about the scrapping on nights out? Stop putting rugby up there. I mean, we love rugby more than anyone. We love it. But I've just got a tiny... I've seen it three times too many, and it's like, this is it. I'm like, no, no. I used to hug my dad. It's just I wasn't famous and neither was he. I think it's a nice moment because... Of course it's nice, but come on. I know. Yeah. Chill out. I'm with you, mate. Um, sounds like you are like the, um, the awkward neighbours in, in your area. You know, there's always one that people turn their nose up. At, yeah, and I think yeah. I think you and Jim Hamilton will definitely be like that old lady and man when you're older, when you get a bit older, 20, 30 well, years time, because you're busy bodies. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I reject that. You are. I reject that. 
Look, I, there's stuff I can say that oh, you shouldn't do this because it frustrates the listeners. But I, there's stuff I could say that neighbours have done, and like we, it, the mad stuff our neighbours have done that we haven't reacted to. We've got some amazing neighbours, and there's a couple that have done the most amazing stuff. And I, as you know, I'm like right. Built a second home in your garden, mate. That's yeah. It's like, no, it's like no, I haven't got that. I haven't even got a shed yet. But it's like I'm not like I'm not an aggressive guy. But there's like my initial reaction is what I'm going to do is pop round there, pull his windpipe out, and break his fingers and see how good he is at emailing and telling neighbours that I'm doing stuff that I'm not doing. Then it's like it's so annoying. And five minutes later, I'm over it, and I never reply, and they always apologise. That's what's happened so far. But uh, we got brand new next door neighbours last week. Oh, which and side? Met them in the street. Um, whatever the other side. And met them in the street, and they were a bit nervous because they were like, "Yeah, we've got a dog, and yeah, this is this is Dougal the dog, and he does bark sometimes, and he he howls if we're out for too long, and like, just just to let you know." And I said, "Right, my dog might attack your dog. He might not, and we don't care about the barkings. So don't worry about it." And I got to the point where I was like, "Listen." We'll give you, when we know each other better, we'll probably have each other's spare key in six months. Oh, yeah. I'm more, I'm more than happy for you to, yeah, yeah, no, they're not. I'm more than happy for you to leave your dog in with ours. He won't attack your dog. Leave him in with ours when you go out. Like, it's no problem, makes no difference to our lives. We like dogs, bring him in. Mm. And that is the sort of neighbour I am. So don't tell me I'm a busybody, Tom, all right? Uh, I hate dogs barking. There's one, when I go in my garden in the summer, there's a dog that just barks for hours on end around You've sent the me place. the video. I can't yeah. stand it, mate. It just it ruins a nice, quiet time. Mowing the lawn, I get. You know, building work, I get. But just constantly dog barking in the garden. Um, I'm not having it, mate. It's probably... Um, I. It annoys I, me yeah. so much. Because yeah. I can't even, like... It's all you can hear. It's piercing through the air. It's like your wife shouting to you from the top of the stairs. Or your husband. You're in the other room. So the thing is, Tommy, about these dogs, it's either a dog with separation anxiety and there is a small chance that the owners don't know it does this when it goes out, but it's a small chance, or the owners are letting it bark. And either way, it's not really the dog's fault. I once, when we had a newborn baby, there was a neighbour that used to put their dog out when they had dinner every night and it would bark solidly during our baby's bedtime. So I actually went round there once and two things happened. One was I said, mate, I love dogs. I've got two dogs that bark. One of them is a reprobate. Could you please do something about your dog barking? Because it's keeping my baby away. We've got a newborn baby. And it turned out to be the bloke who answered the door, who once at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, day after a game, knocked on my door with his son and his son's mates and asked for an autograph and a photograph and then wanted to have a long chat about rugby. Mm when I'm holding the newborn baby and I was in pyjamas with no t-shirt on, I was beaten shitless after the game. I'd load of stitches in my face. I was knackered, ear bleeding, hadn't slept much because you never sleep after games. And about five minutes in, he's like, so the, what the guys, I was like, mate, this is, this is such an invasion. And he was like dead. He was like, what? Excuse me? He was appalled. I said, mate, this is such an invasion. I'm at home with my family. It's Sunday morning. It's not even 10 o'clock. You can't knock on my door on a Sunday and just ask me to have a chat with no T-shirt on on the doorstep. This is mad. Mm. Got to the village shop later on and it was like, or that or weeks later, and it was like, um, yeah, don't worry. I bought a coffee or something. It was like, don't worry. I've told my husband um, not to approach you again. You obviously don't like it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, this village is nuts. And she then she switched from being horrible to me to um, basically, yeah, I saw your, this is honestly what she said. How's the baby sleeping? Yeah, I saw your wife, you know, breastfeeding at all hours. I was like, what? What? You've seen my wife breast... I know she's not interested in the breasts, but it's like, well, yeah, the light's on. I see them in bed, see them sitting up in bed. In this village we lived in called Freshford, which is like one of the most desirable villages outside Bath. Lovely village. I hated it. (laughs) I hated living there. Um, Anyway, I'm a grumpy twat today. I'm not actually. I'm in very good mood, but... um, You sound like... Jeremy Clarkson and you're living in diddly squat. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's got an issue with you for no reason. I could I couldn't get out of that place soon enough. Um, but all but yeah, the dog thing. 
mate, it's perfectly within you're perfectly within your rights to go around and say, listen, Shoot it. I'm just joking. please, is there anything I can do to help? I do want to help. Dog, no, but stop the dog barking. You can mm. stop the dog barking. How? My mate had. I'll tell you what you could do. Tell you what you could do. My mate had a dog that. Um, Bark loads when they went out separation anxiety and this dog trainer tried loads of stuff they spent loads of money didn't work in the end it was like i think the dog is winding itself up so they got it this little um bark collar like a citrus a little citrus spray it sprays out every time the dog barks yeah now what happens is if you've got two dogs and the other dog barks it also sets it off yeah <laughs> but what it means is your dog barks and it gets a little lemon spray and it just stops it so it's not electrocuting it or anything. Mm. And my dog, Gus, the old bull terrier, he woke our baby up every single night for like six months. And in the end, it was like it was ruining our lives. Mm. So I got him one of these collars and he just slept all night, took it off in the morning and it cut the anxiety because the dog stopped barking and it was like, oh, I'll go to sleep then. And the separation anxiety was cured and they videoed him. They videoed the dog on this little thing, on the webcam thing, mm. and the dog just slept all day instead of barking all day. Maybe you should sneak one of those onto it. Just leave it outside the front door. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I'll go on a hunt, try and find it again, and then um, buy it on Amazon and leave it out the front door with a little note saying, "Yeah, sort it out. Please, please. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Or, the, or else. Anyway, everything else is fine, Tom. How are you? <laughs> yes. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, Do you hug your dad when you see him? Yeah. That is rugby. Yeah. He played rugby for Wales. That is what our game is all about. That, yeah. Morals. I don't, don't even look at my... Don't look him in the eye. We played rugby. We're too hard to cuddle, mate. What? Um, I'm actually... I'm sad and happy that Six Nations is over. Because they're right. such great weekends, but I'm also quite tired. Yeah. And they end up being quite heavy weeks, some of them. So, yeah. It's another great tournament. Really enjoyed it again. I think everything happened that we thought would happen. No real surprises, but yeah. it is just nice coming into work on a Monday, knowing I've got a fairly quiet week and yeah. no big event at the weekend. Apart from uh, Osprey's Dragons, via play, but yes, yeah, so no no big event. Do that with my eyes closed. No offence. Um, how was your week? I mean, I saw you on Wednesday. Great to see you as always. Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about it yet? I'm never going again. No, I don't want to go. No, it's too heavy. Yep. Yeah. Body don't like it, mate. Nope. No, I'm with you, mate. I think. I think the last week is I've grown up a lot and <laughs> I've come to your way of thinking. Mate, I saw Nicky Robinson on Saturday in Paris. Yeah. He'd done all four days at Cheltenham and flown in Saturday morning. He looked bright as a button. Nah, mate, have a look at his nose. See how much makeup he puts <laughs> on his nose. <laughs> I said to him, I don't mind saying this on air, I said to him, listen, fella, have you post retirement? Have you been? Have you started taking recreational drugs? And he actually hasn't. He said, "Mate, Cheltenham just doesn't kill me. I just love it. I've such a good time." Yeah, all right. But once he has a shower and he comes out the shower, his nose is redder than Sir Alex Ferguson's. Rudolph. <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> it's hanging. It's grown bigger as well. He was sober on Saturday morning, which is, I haven't seen him sober in years. Oh, um, freebie, Nicky. Freebie Nicky, yeah. Yeah, someone wasn't um, paying for him to go out, that's why. I'm here with the guys from Allianz. I'm here with the guys <laughs> from Zurich. I'm here with the guys from, yeah. Kerry Insurance. Smith's Rugs, David yeah. Scaffolding. Um, good on him, good on him. Um, yeah, four days, I I'm, can't do it, mate. What? I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely now, like, it's a week on, we're nearly a week on, and six, five days on, and I'm not coming around thinking, yeah, let's rip into it again. I'm still thinking... No. No, I won't go next no year. No way. I'm, I've like, I found something. I don't want to say God, but I've, I'm on Athlete's Kitchen this week and next week. <laughs> uh, I've had a spiritual awakening. You're just I, chicken and broccoli for a few days. I don't want to even think about going out. I just no. I just want to read books for the rest of my life in a chair in my house. 
That's all I want to do. Like Monica, when Monica was doing my feet today, she said, talking about working and she works flat out and all that sort of stuff. And she's like, I've got to be doing something. I've got to be, I've got to be doing something. Even if I won all the money, I've got to be doing something. I'm like, nope, nope, not me, mate. That's why I'm not a billionaire. But it's like, nope, I would. I'd do a bit of vacuuming. I'd spend a bit too much time at the gym. Um, not always working out, more chatting about stuff. Grilling. Grilling. I'd yeah. cook some really nice food. Imagine I'd drink stuff nice you could wine. cook and prepare and you yeah. can make up your own recipes because you're all the time to do that. Yeah. I'll just potter about and all that, you know, I'll jet wash the patio. A lot of different or marinades. I'd go and pick up that parcel we missed, but I wouldn't miss it because I'd always be at home. Yeah. I just, I very happily potter around doing nothing. I've got, I've got a rich, well not, he's not really a mate, but a guy I know pretty well has... He's been doing well for a few years, sold his company for a colossal amount of money. And you ask him what he does, and he says, I do whatever the fuck I want every day. And he's like, I've worked unbelievably hard for years to get here. And I'll do what I want, buy what I want. And a lot of the time, that is nothing. Because I've bought everything, and I don't want to do anything. So he's like, a bit of golf, bit of telly, play with the kids, pick the kids up, do school runs every day, oh, both that. ways. Like, awesome. I love that. I'm a... The issue I've got today is I've eaten nearly all of my athlete's kitchen already. <laughs> <laughs> so Exactly, mate. So I've got a, I've I've got like two thousand, just over two thousand calories of food. For a day? Yeah. Two I think I it can't might be know. two three. That's not enough. Two thousand three hundred. That's not enough. Um and I've got to train as well, so I'm in a deficit. Um but I've only got a small little lunch now and then I've got a wrap and a small dinner. I'm just trying to get my head around it all. No. Just wondering what I can fill myself up on. No. Milk. Yeah. Water. And everyone's like, oh, milk. drink more water. Piss off. Yeah. But it's like... Convince your body that it's full. Yeah. No, because it knows. Because I already know. I will just go to um, the toilet every half hour. When I was doing the calorie counting thing last year, I, I, I properly stuck to it and I got down to 3,000 a day, but I was broken on 3,000. Like for weeks I was on, well, I did like four four weeks at 3,000 calories without missing a day. You should have come to broken. me if you, need, if you wanted to calorie count because I could have helped you. Because Bubs has been doing it for 10 years, by the way. He told us the other day. <laughs> and he could he could really help you, honestly. He doesn't limit them. He just counts them. He forgets as well sometimes what he's had. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine him just fingers on his lips like that going, hmm, what have I had today? Ooh. Poor old, yeah. um, he was it, James Forrester. I won't put the Whopper in there. Sorry, go on. No, no, I missed that one. James Forrester, Gloucester legend, yep. uh, came with us to Cheltenham, didn't he? And poor old Django, we call him. I'd sat next to Django, sat back down next to Django because you, you go to the toilet and you don't come back for half an hour because you see a hundred people you yeah. know but I sat back down at the table and poor old Django was sitting next to Bubs Bubs was off his cock mate he was gone by then he was red he wine had a few pints too many or red wine you go there he is now here he is now it's like it's two o'clock mate well, I know I gotta watch mate I gotta watch but I know the time right where's Shanks twat where is he you're like here he goes and he's like, he's just like gibberish, mate. <laughs> you sound like Tom Jones. <laughs> yeah, absolute gibberish. Yeah, no, all a mess. But anyway, it was done. Had a nice weekend. Um, it was, I did the did the hard yards in the morning. Took my four-year-old out, trying to get him to cycle on his bike. So ran next to him, which is quite tough, actually. Down to a park. It's like a long yeah. path. Um, and then watched the rugby. I had to I had to rewatch the first one, uh, Scotland Italy because didn't have time. Kids to, ruin it, did they? Yeah, but then had the next two games where I could just sit down and watch it. Had some lamb riblets from Field and Flower for oh. one of the games. It was lovely, lovely little snack. But they just get in your teeth. That's the only thing. You have to pick them out your teeth, all the little bits. Yeah, they, but you got you got little toothpicks, didn't you? Yeah, you're right. You got floss, haven't you? And then Sunday. Mother's Day, we all went to watch my middle daughter play football, which is good fun. And then came back, did a bit of prep, um, bit of scrum five last night. How was it? Nah, it's, it's difficult when Wales aren't playing that well. Or they did, do, they did do better the weekend, but there's not much positive news to come out of Welsh rugby at the moment. 
the end Mark of twenties. It's going to take a decade to make a yeah, proper difference. Massively, the end of twenties. Um, won the wooden spoon. Remember, I go back to that text I wrote, and everyone was not everyone. Lots of people were um, having a pop the tweet. at me. Yeah. yeah, sorry, the tweet I wrote. Lots of people having a pop at me saying we're we're in a good place. We're fine. We've got talent coming through. Well, I hate to say it, but I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> You horrible bloke. Christ. Right. Where have you been? I know. I why. told you they'd lose, <laughs> and they did. I, I know where you've been, but tell everyone where you've been. Um, I've been, uh, I went to Paris. Mm. And um, what happened when you go to France? Oh, actually, the, the hotel we always stay in, uh, right by the Stade de France, is in Saint-Denis, Saint-Denis. And um, there are bits of it that are fine, bits of it that are... You know, let's just a bit rough, uh, just like London. But um, I popped out. There's a burger van opposite the hotel, and I arrived quite hungry. So I thought I'd go over there and get some mineral water. So I did that. And then when I was over there, the few times I've stayed there, there's always been um, lads in hoodies selling boxes of cigarettes. There's obviously a black market cigarette ring that runs around there. And um, there was a little mini sort of turf war between what looked like 12-year-old children, one group of 12-year-olds against a group of 14-year-olds. And it was like, this is horrible um but that cleared up um and yeah did the when well, no, but what also happens in france is you go to the stadium and it's all great and uh really good pre-match meal um at the stade de france the atmosphere is amazing mm. and then you do your pre-match interview it's like right warren's coming warren's coming everyone warren's coming warren's coming and you've got french floor manager french assistant floor manager french cameraman um french sound man right and our producer from back home and you do the interview i started off with sean edwards sean is coming sean is coming okay everyone panics no need to panic it's fine do your interview halfway through it they're like yeah sorry stop 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 it's not recorded it's not recording okay great sean's got something somewhere to be so could we try and nail this and it's like yeah um do it again and it's worked recorded it well done warren gatland comes over we have a long chat with warren gatland brilliant interviewee he was so good in that pre-match interview and walk off and they're like yeah sorry not record not record sorry not record no audio right this is itv mate this is the sole broadcast this is what the heck what's going on they haven't they just haven't recorded it so it's like they've got to go and tell warren gatland does all these other interviews they've got to go and tell warren gatland and verity that the press manager there i'm afraid it hasn't it hasn't happened so what do you do? And Gats, the legend, walked back over and said, I'll just do it again, mate. Don't worry about it. And, you know, he's got a team talk to go and do. So we have to do it again. Oh, slightly, that didn't work. Slight, yeah, slightly shorter. Well, they were better. Slightly shorter. And then post-match, we have a chat with uh, Thibaut Flamon because he speaks English, of course. He was really good. Rafa, Rafael Ibanez, he was good. And wait for Warren Gatland. And it's like, yeah, Warren's just talking to the team, but he's going to be out in a minute. And it's like, no, the, no camera, no no interview is finished. It's finished. And they're doing like the throat cut, not throat cut, you know, when you wave your fingers towards your throat. No, it's finished. It's finished. No, no, we haven't spoken to the Warren Gatland, the Wales coach. Yes, yeah, finished. No, finished. Gone. I was like, no, he's coming. He's just going to be five minutes. It's fine. This is, you know, for ITV. And no, it's finished because, see, no camera. The cameraman's gone. He's gone home. Jumped on his bike. Left. He's gone home, mate. He's literally taken his camera and gone. Like, where's he gone? He is finished. Today, his day finished. Is he filming over there? Can we get him back? No, he is going home. <laughs> Pardon? There's still people everywhere. All the players are still out. It's not nine o'clock. Yeah. And you, so we just literally didn't interview Warren Gatland after the game because, watched, they, because the cameraman went home. You're I like, watched it before France, and you had some, some good questions, good chat with um, Sean. Second time around. Yeah. Uh, and... And then when they threw the gats, there's only one question. Well, you know why? It's because they got the interview so late <laughs> that they probably had to uh, yeah. bring it, yeah, bring, build it all together. So it, yeah. it screws everyone back home. Yeah, it was just a bit unbalanced. It was nice sort of two or three minutes with Sean Edwards and then one question with gats and it was gone. And it wasn't even, it was more of a, it was a bant question rather than anything about the game. It was... Yeah, you know, have you had any messages, contact with Sean Edwards? Have yeah. You, yeah, and gone. I thought, well, that's a bit strange. But to be fair, there wasn't much build-up anyway. And also post-game, 
just because of the timings of yeah, straight game off. before yeah. and um, Ireland, England after. But yeah. But anyway, right. Um, what, when did you get Madness, back? Madness, mate. When did you get back? I actually came back. Uh, came back Saturday night late. I just, I just, oh, well did, I wanted to have a Sunday at home. Yeah. And it was Mother's Day, and in the end, I was a broken man for all as mother, all of Mother's Day. And Freya, um, as you know, is pregnant again. We're having another baby. Uh, last one. It's absolutely the last one. Um, That's what they all say. Well, I'm going to when you go and get your teeth done at pets at home. I'm going to call in at the vets and uh, have myself removed. Um, it is absolutely the last one. Um, but she's feeling poorly. I was broken. The baby was, the toddler was. You know, there's no better way to say it. it was just basically a pain in the ass for the whole day. Just whatever you did, moaning, crying, snot everywhere, mess everywhere. Mm. It was just like, oh man. So. I got the old convertible car out of the garage and it was quite chilly but lovely and sunny day and I went for a walk with one of my daughters for a bit and then I I got the convertible car, I put the roof down and managed to fit her terrible oversized crap quality car seat that we don't really use. Mm. It's not no, it's brand new. It's like but Freya won't spend any money. So it's like if you want one, you get a maxi cozy one with ISOFIX, do it properly. Trying to buy like, my no. one off me, we're trying to sell yeah. it. No, she's like, you can have a, you can get a 70 quid one from John Lewis. John Lewis, those well-renowned car seat makers. Anyway, it passes all the stuff. So got that. It's terrible. She won't use it. I managed to ram it in the back of the convertible and we went for a drive in the sun with the roof down with the babe, with Hetty, with the toddler. And he rescued the day a little bit because she loved romantic. it. Yeah, it, it, although we were like, yeah, she really enjoyed it. And you look at her face and it is completely blank, deadpan, mm. like she's never even been in a car with a roof. It's that normal, just covered in snot, like in Dumb and Dumber, going down the sides of her face. You, I know a good reptile shop, um, if, you wanna, if you're looking to get the snip, mate, I'll sort you out. <laughs> it's just a shame Clifton Zoo's shut down. <laughs> I, it's a difficult one because it. I don't want to... I don't want to be that guy who's like, er, indoors, too many bloody kids. But it's four kids is a lot of kids, mate. Mm. And I am, you know, all being well this time around, I am 100% having my lot cut off. Yeah. yeah. Snipped, 100%. Get down the farm, Clarkson's farm, and sort it. Yeah. Yeah. Get Caleb Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I was having, the listener doesn't know this, but I was having laptop issues before this pod and we started a bit late because I've got yep. an old laptop. Yeah, old, old it's laptop. Just, it's just logged me out okay. and I can't get back in. So if our sound goes or anything, we are screwed because I don't know, I can't get back into my laptop. It's what dead. are you doing, mate? What are you doing with it? You need a new one. Don't it's got to be me. Yeah, it's always you. You know that. I've only had it nine years. Right. If it does go, we'll have to be quick then, okay? Let's get into yeah, rugby. Then. Just do the rugby then. You do just do you just do the rugby and I'll try and work my computer. Okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Right at the end, they had 
a couple of chances, five metres out, some really big carries. Then it was just one knock on. I honestly thought, you know, they had Scotland on the ropes. And then, you know, they just totally switched off and Kinghorn got his third try. Real nice work down the left-hand side. I think Bruno switched off completely and let van der Merwe down the side. But um, Italy, again, showing promise. But they they got to be so frustrated with the tournament and the way it went because Wales were there for the taking for them. But they couldn't finish their opportunities. And they had quite a few against Scotland again. And they still weren't able to um, nail them. And part of me thinks at some stage it will click with them because they are creating chances and they are a dangerous team and they're looking a lot better in attack. And when you think of Italy, I don't know, Flats, 10, 15 years ago, they'd have a good set piece, they're good line out and they would just challenge really heavily at the breakdown, stop you from playing. Now, they're a team that is playing good rugby. They are. And they get themselves in good positions. They've got some good carriers. Um, they definitely missed Capowitzo over the last couple of games. Um, but they're on the right track. I do believe that. Yep. Um, Kinghorn got three. Um, I'm, I'm sure he How'd was How did he go then, match. in your opinion? Yeah, he did well. He did well. I think he's not going to oust Finn out of 10. But I don't know whether he could be... The number 15, moving forward. I'm just not, like, it's close between him and Hoggy at the moment. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's, okay. it's his position. You're but saying it's close, are It's you? close, very close, I think. Um, Van der Merwe, great finish from a massive bloke. Brilliant finish. I see it all the time in NRL, you do. But what I'd say, someone he's said, 17 stone. He's the best winger in the world. He's comfortable with us. I was like, I'm sorry. No, he's not. If you watch Damien Penno, you cannot say that Van der Merwe is the best winger in the world. And there's obviously others to talk about too. I'm just saying. He's a different winger. He's wonderful and I love him, but come on. He finishes a lot of tries, but he's not hes not like a Mac Hansen, is he? Or a Penno just floating around, just Causing creating trouble. stuff. He finishes a lot of tries because he's big, he's strong. He is a very, very good winger, but he's not the yep. best in the world. Love watching um, him, but yeah. A couple of combinations, I think, have really been good for Scotland. Tuapalutu and Hugh Jones, they are the centre partnership moving forward. And with Finn, Jones, Finn Russell at 10, you know, that is, that's your core of your, your attack there. Um, Darcy Graham will definitely come back in when he's fit. You, you'd imagine on the other wing, overstaying. But Scotland finished third, and I don't think you can be too disappointed with that. Um, yep. There's a lot of smiles after. And I think they're probably smiles of relief because genuinely enough, I thought this was it. You know, you're talking 79 minutes. Could have been it. Yeah. One knock on at the base of the rack. I'm not sure who it was. But yeah, Italy nearly there is what I would say. But certainly impressed by them in this tournament. And forget about two or three years ago when people were saying, um, you know, they, they're not worthy of being in this tournament. Yeah, they won the wooden spoon. They didn't win a game, but there is a huge amount of promise there. Yep. Um, good. Yeah, good. Uh, France v. Wales. We knew Wales weren't, weren't going to win this unless there was something something extraordinary happened, like a red card. Um, because you just look at the quality on show between yep. Wales and France. There, there's a clear difference between the, the quality of player all over the, nearly all over the park. Like Faletau was good at eight, but the quality of the front row and the carrying ability of the front row of France, the centres, the 10, Damien Panot, everywhere. They're just, they're, they're big carriers and they're also um, quite expansive in the, in the way they play as well. Mm. So it was a good start by Wales though. Do you think? Yeah, I did. And thought they looked intense. They carried really hard. There was just a feeling after a little bit of time where you, and they, they take in the corner once or twice. You're thinking they're, they're going for it. And yes, it's aggressive. Um, and you know, France are going to score tries now. You know, you know that. So you've got to have to score points. But when they, it was a point in me thinking all this pressure has to lead to points and yeah. it has to put France under pressure somewhere other than on the scoreboard, it has to put my pressure there and it never quite did. And, and actually France did look 
very relaxed. And when Wales clearly were trying to keep the ball alive to avoid 100 breakdowns because France are so good at the breakdown. But you cannot avoid breakdowns for long. And as soon as Wales hit the deck repeatedly after a few phases, France pounced and they were dangerous and they took the ball off them. They were um, good though, Wales. You know, in, I think they're tactically, they were good in the first half. Of There were a lot of pick and goes and I think Reese Webb has elevated himself, I, th- I think, to number one in Wales, scrum half again. Yep. I think just, that, yep. just his vision, um, constantly scanning, constantly changing the direction of play as well to make Wales less predictable. Um, and we ended up tying in a lot of French forwards. There was quite a, there was a couple of opportunities in the first half which we could have executed better, um, but we still scored four tries. And if there's one thing we've lacked over the last couple of years, it's the ability to score tries. So yeah, four tries were decent, um, but there was a clear difference in the breakdown. It was 55 minutes until Justin Tipperick um, managed to uh, win a turnover. We ended up scoring off that, you know, no one else in the team. I'm only saying Tipperick because he was the one that did it, but no one else in the team had managed to turn over the breakdown prior to that. Uh, I still, there's still massive question marks over um, 10, 12, 13 at Wales. Um, George North gave really good platform, carried really hard. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. Um, but... Yeah. You don't, Even in you that don't, company, mate. Yeah, but you close, don't want... He's massive, mate. He Even in that company, he's huge. You don't... There's more to him than that, isn't there? He's just being used as a... a yeah, but there's, there's to more to him if, yeah. he goes and, if he goes and gets it. Yep. Like, yeah. We're, we're really disjointed in the centres, and I look at the centres a lot because you know the way teams set up now. I covered it a bit last night on Scrum 5. You know where you have a pod off nine, then you either have another pod off nine or a pod off ten, but then you've got someone out the back, haven't you? Um, a 10 out yep. the back you, you've got got to constantly have someone out the back that's at the moment it's just our 10 the Welsh 10 that that will do that but you look at other teams and our centres are just really disjointed like you, they're not part of an organised attack I don't think they're decent as individuals but you need if you if you watch Gary Ringrose or you watch Henry Slade or you watch Bundyaki these types of players they're constantly in um, a phase play environment where they're not just looking for the ball. They're in a, a, a setup, like a rugby league setup. And we need more from our centres to be able to do that. Um, but, I mean, France at some stage, at some times in that game were just brilliant to watch. You, you know, the, the end to Matt break when he goes around the outside of Nick Tompkins and, you know, dummying the switch inside, but then being able to offload to DuPont and that pass from DuPont to Penneau was just... Brilliant. Um, the Fiku yeah. try. Was, you, you know he's going to make it. He's like yeah, a computer game, isn't he? I know. And the Fiku try was really well worked. You know, Dan Bigger ends up blitzing out on, on his own. I don't know whether there's a lack of communication there or not, but the whole just... The decision is made for France already, which is not what you want to do. You know, you want to put them under pressure, but because Bigger rushes up so quick, Dante just has to hold his feet, put it back behind to Entomac, and Entomac just... Fees Fiku through a hole, and it was easy. It was easy for them to score. Um, and the, the biggest thing, for, like things, frustrate me a little bit. You know, the, there was a scrum about ten meters out, and Dupont slips. No one challenges him. He gets back up on his feet and drives towards the line. He gets like one and a half meters out. Two more carries, then Antonio scoring in the corner against Reece Amit. So, yeah, you know, if a, if a player slips like that. You just got to be on them straight away. Just let them run. Yeah, pick up the ball. But look, I think four or five years ago you could be really critical of Wales, but we've pressed the reset button. France are a team which um, are in a six, seven-year cycle that are peaking right now with the World Cup coming up in France. Wales have had to press the reset button, and you know it, that scoreline of forty-one twenty-eight is exactly where Wales are. It was good. Rio Dyer scored a try. But Wales really have to find a style of play that suits. The old Gatlin style will not suit anymore because we're not a team yeah. blessed with big carries. We've got to play and we've got to be more expansive. And we saw glimpses of that, which is positive. But we're not going to surprise anyone in the World Cup. Yeah. I'd, France, yeah, France, France, that, France probably will. I'll go with that, boy. Could, um, certainly one of the favourites. 
Right, let's go straight to the Freddie Stewart red card. Okay. Thoughts, please. I know my thoughts, I'll tell you that. Mm, just waiting for me, aren't you? Like Jiffy. Um, yeah. It's, one, it's one of the harshest red cards I've seen, but Jack Piper, as soon as he said, as soon as he decides it's foul play, then by the framework, it is a red card. What I will say, and this, this will, people will be torn over this. When I first saw it, I thought, no, that's not a red card. It's just a collision. But the more I watched it, the more I thought, do you know what? It's really, really harsh, but I think it might be a red card because the whistle hasn't gone at all. The ball's on the floor. It's it's game on as usual. Um, Jack Piper hasn't even put out an arm. And Freddie Stewart's come up. And what he should have done, he switched off, I think, for a moment because he's seen the ball go on the floor. But what he should have done is what he was going to do in the first place would be tackle the man. But he doesn't. He stays upright. Hugo Keenan's picking up the ball and ends up running straight into him. So, as really harsh as it sounds, I think it was probably the right decision. Okay. Oh, my God. What about you? Oh, my God. Mm. No, I think it... No, I think absolutely no empathy. Common sense, zero. Empathy, zero. Total, um, absolutely a rugby incident is how I view it. And... If that wasn't a forward pass, would it still be a rugby incident? If if so, if the ball hadn't gone forward in the tackle, he's, that, he's, that... he's pulling out because he knows Keenan hasn't got control of it. Doesn't want to whack him, so he's trying to get out the way. But, how, but nothing's been given yet, and he's coming from behind. So my point being is, if that ball goes to to hand, or if the ball goes on the floor, and no whistle has been blown yet, yeah. But Keenan's stumbling towards him. There's a dip in height. He's trying to get out. He's trying to like basically yes, brace to protect himself, but also make himself smaller so not slam into the guy. I just think... So if that happened in real play, that you'd be happy with that decision? Yeah. You wouldn't be, you'd be happy with play on if that happened in real play? If there what was, do you mean in real play? I well, if, the, if, if there was... If it wasn't a knock-on. If he's got the ball? No, if, if the ball from Matt Hansen, it ended up being forward, but if that isn't forward and that... And he picks the ball up and runs into Freddie Stewart like that. Is that Freddie Stewart would never do that if Keenan was running into him in control of the ball. No, but the ball's on the floor. He's still picking the ball up. Yeah, but he's Freddie Stewart's trying to get out of the way because he knows he's going to clatter him and he knows England are going to get the ball. How does he know? He's got the advantage because the ball's gone onto the deck. Doesn't ma- doesn't matter. It's still, there's, nothing's been given. You know, but he knows he mis- can't slam into a bloke off the ball because he hasn't got control of the ball, so he can't tackle him anyway. I. I looked at that 100, well, 10, 20 times and thought, first of all, the slow-mo was just like repeated slow-mos. It's like, just look at it a full chat a few times because, I, I mean, you know, agree to disagree. I think probably what we hear a lot now is by the letter of the law and, you know, it's difficult to argue with the law except if the law is ridiculous and it needs changing and I don't know if there's just there's a clause they can put in which they probably can't because it's open to too much interpretation is you know dear refs feel free to apply a bit of common sense lads um and ladies it's like yeah me, no I, like I, that, I, that is, I get it but I, I I actually think I actually think that is never a red card is what I think and mm. like the letter of the law yes but the law is wrong that's what I think and it you know it's there's a load of these and people he still say has the responsibility of how he enters a co- the contact area though Freddie Stewart yeah but it goes out the window when he sees Keenan lose control of the ball and he thinks eject eject he thinks, but he kind of can't there we he's go. 100 he, kilos he's, and he's going forward that's what I mean he thinks I think he's switched off and he should have done what he initially was going to do which would tackle the man but because the ball goes but on the he's floor, switched he switched off. He's, he's switched kind of off. Yeah. tried to sort of jump out the way, but can't. There's no whistle being blown. fallen forward. And no whistle's been blown. It's That's, just like, yeah. I know, I know that, but Freddie Stewart knows that the island play is over. So the whistle will come How? seconds later regardless because the ball's hit the deck and he's out of control of it. Doesn't, doesn't know it's gone forward. Yeah, I think he knew. That's why he jumped out of the way. Otherwise, he's not exactly shy of contact, Freddie Stewart. He's massive and hard. So it's like he 
he's very happy to make tackles, but he knows there's no tackle to make there. So he tries to get out of the way. Keenan's flying. He's flying. Keenan falls forward effectively, stumbles forward into him. I'm just like, I. Mm. it wasn't like, oh, I ruined the game. And there are always going to be the these little mini injustices and consistencies and all that. But because it's, there's, it's infinite, the number of variations of what can happen with angles and human bodies and all that stuff. And you add into that referees' interpretations. I think it should not have been a red card. Game's gone soft, mate. That's I'll not tell you what should have been a red card. Um, that was James Ryan ploughing into the ruck, taking um, one of the England players' heads off. Lewis Ludlam. Ludlam, yeah. yeah. This, I, I saw it straight away. And the ref, Jack Pipe, was in a great position. The TMO should be watching that as well. And it, for me, it was clear. It wasn't something that went behind another player or, or sometimes angles are different. It was a clear, clear entry of a ruck with shoulder to face with his head down. That was that was, that was far worse than the Stuart one. And it should have been a red card. And the thing is, I'm not saying this is what happened, right? Because I guess we'll never know. But you will have done it. I will have done it. Um, but you can do legal stuff like decent body position, arms bound, everything's right. And you can go in doing all the right stuff, painting the right picture and twat somebody illegally. We've mm. all done it. I've joined from, I've gone through the gate. I've joined from the back. I'm bound on. But what I've done is I've piled into his rib cage or I've piled into him wherever I can. And would you believe it? And when, you know, sort of the older days, sort of a few years ago before, if you got a chance to, you know, whack somebody in the head, you often took it. And it was like, well, I've entered legally, mate. Your head's in the way. Rugby incident. And that, you know, it is... Well, my point is, it is possible to look legal and do things legally while doing something illegal. Yeah. That's my point. Um, but, yeah, the Freddie Stewart one for me was, was a shame because I, if someone deserves a red, they should have a red. It doesn't matter if it ruins the game or not. Don't do it then. But for me, it's like just a little bit of empathy there. Absolutely. I know it's not about intent and all that sort of stuff I know that but maybe just a little bit of nuance in the thinking of the officials and that's not a red and that's not the main event of the weekend almost it's kind yeah, of well, my, it's not the, you know. my opinion matters more because I'm not biased I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say you got more caps like both of those are true <laughs> I, I thought Ireland looked rattled as well at the start you know, we mentioned last week yeah. about possibly, you know, the pressure was on Ireland and England off the back of that French drumming would turn up. And I I just thought, you know, if they had 50 men on the field, it could have gone a different way. It was 10-9 at one stage, but then Ireland, they, Ireland just got the ability to play all different ways, like New Zealand. You know, they yeah. just, they can play it tight, they can play it wide. They get themselves really organized really, really well. And they just got attacking threats everywhere. And you know, you think of you think of the results Ireland have won. Um, no team has been within one score of them. Uh, Wales yeah. was their biggest win, which was something like twenty twenty four points, and you had thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, thirteen. So, yeah, worthy winners of this good point championship. And a quick nod to Kean Healy. I did it on Twitter, but yeah. 123 caps is it? He played all. He's playing all three positions for Ireland these days. Dan Sheehan as well. He's an amazing was, achievement. Was excellent. At the Dan weekend. Sheehan, yeah. What player? I know you've got Kelleger, you've got, Sheehan, but, um, you've got hooker, hooker wise, player wise coming in. You know there there won't yeah. be anyone that can um, fill Johnny Sexton's shoes. You know for a while, but. You know, they started off with McCluskey and Ringrose in the centre. They finished with Bundyaki and Robbie Henshaw. You know, they, they've got strength and depth nearly all over the park, apart from maybe 10. Um, you know, Gibson, Gibson Park, Murray. You know, Murray had to start the first game because Gibson Park got injured. So they've got a lot of depth and some really good players in that squad. And, you know, they're, they're getting rotated as well whether it be through injury or just through having a bit of game time. But 
you know, Jack Conan didn't feature that much to the campaign, but yeah. you know, when he comes off the bench, you know, he's cool. a massive Mega. carrier. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so I think they're in a really good place at the moment. Yeah, mega place. It's interesting to see, obviously, huge congratulations to them. Amazing moment for all of them, but Johnny Sexton, uh, amazing for him. But interesting to see what they go and do at the World Cup. It really yeah. is. I almost feel like the two teams I'll be watching like most keenly, I think, most will be Ireland to see how they do and New Zealand to see what they bring because no one's really talking about New Zealand nope. at the moment, which feels unusual. Yep, not at all. Uh, which is, I think, it's good for them. Great for them, yeah. Because um, Ireland's group is South Africa and Scotland, so one team's going home. Early doors there. It's crazy, isn't it, how the draw's done? Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, Wales, Wales, um, and England's group is a lot easier than New Zealand, France, um, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland. You know, so you're getting some of the best teams in the world are gonna aren't gonna make the final, and yeah. the, the the draw from Group C and D are a lot easier because you know Wales will like you know if Wales beat Fiji, they win the other two, Portugal and Georgia. I'd imagine um, probably maybe lose to Australia, and then they've got England or Argentina in a quarter final, which is doable. Doable, exactly, and it's suddenly you're skating through like yep, yep. Um, yeah, it's it got to be done closer in, hasn't it? It's got anyway, well, look, Ireland were worthy winners, regardless of yeah, red cards or what should have been uh, bad calls. They they were. Um, they looked like they were in a brilliant place. And it's nice Johnny Sexton got the Six Nations points record as well. So Last game in the Six Nations overtakes Ronan O'Gara. Yep. Rog must be like, oh, yeah. one game. Yeah. Mad that he overtook him in the very last game. I think he went on a lot longer than Rog because he's 37, isn't he, Sexton? I don't know how long Rog went on for. Don't know. No. But um, know. who's your player of the tournament, mate? Oh, God. Um, Toji? Antoine Dupont. Okay. Mac, Han- uh, Mac Hansen or gravy. Hugo Keenan, I'm going for. Mate, oh yeah, I get no. They're they're great. Like Hugo Keenan for me out of those two, but Dupont is on Dupont is on a, a completely different level. Not that he was not that he was immaculate every week, but he is on a completely different level. Yeah. To almost every player in the Six Nations, he's just so he is like a remote control. Bing bong, take him where you want him. He's mega quick and aggressive. Strong. He's powerful. He's mega strong, and he just. His decision making's amazing. Mm. Um, I just think he's he's just got everything. He's fantastic. Yep. Okay. And I'm not the first person to think that, but nope. for me, he's the player I want to watch most in the Six Nations. He's he's incredible. Yeah. I'm going to go with the winning side of Hugo Keenan. I think. Yeah. I think he's for a guy that doesn't look like your average rugby player. He just makes up for it with skill, God, with vision, with yeah. timing, the lot. Yep. You know, the way he reads games. His involvement in games are absolutely huge. He's brave. Yep. Um, his work Fantastic rate, player his work rate yeah. is so good off the ball. Just the meters he must cover. Yep. Oof. Yep. Got to be fit these days, boy. Got to be fit these days, fella. Um, right, so that will do us for the well done, lad. Hey, Six well Nations done. 2023. Do I need a new laptop? Yep. Mate, it's nine years old. I think it's all right. We've done all right today. We've had, a, we've had to... Dial in a couple times, haven't we? To yeah. switch off and it's, do it again. It's but. the strugs that people at home don't know about, isn't it? Real life. Oh, um, I watched All Quiet on the Western Front, by the way. Yeah, savage, isn't it? Oosh, mm. brilliant film, but I'm, savage. I'm on Mayor of Kingstown, mate. Thanks for that. Really it's good, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's really good. Have you met Bunny? Have you seen Bunny yet, the, the big gang leader? The one who sits at the front of his... Yes. Yeah, he's brilliant. He is... But now and again, he switches to not quite. I'm not quite convinced he's that hard. No, he's a bit he's of a rough. he's a bit of a comedian. Yeah, it's almost a like fun guy. Yeah, but then, but yeah, it's good. But I like it's good. It's, it's something we're to watch, both a bit like that, mind you. you yeah, know. it's trashy. No, it's trashy. Yeah. We're not the real deal. I've seen you um, half cocked. All right, good luck <laughs> to you, fella. I've seen you throttle chickens, mate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Happen. See you throttle Labradors. See you next week. <laughs> All right, bye. Well done, guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.